0: Welcome back, friends. This is episode 840 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, I'm welcoming back Erica Forsyth. Of course, you know Erica is the licensed marriage and family therapist who I speak to frequently on the show. She's in California. But if you live in California, Utah, Oregon, or Florida, you can use her services. Check her out at ericaforsyth.com. Today, Erica and I are going to talk about burdens and how you can help to alleviate them. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes, or are the caregiver of someone with type 1? Filling out the survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash box would go a long way towards helping people with type 1. It'll take you fewer than 10 minutes. It's absolutely HIPAA compliant and completely anonymous. t1dexchange.org forward slash box. Take the survey. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, g Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Today's episode is also sponsored by AG1. AG1 is from Athletic Greens. It's the green drink that I have every morning and you could too. When you go to my link, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box, not only will you get your first order of AG1, but you'll also get a year's supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. AthleticGreens.com forward slash juicebox. Erica, welcome back.
1: Thank you. Thank you for glad doing to be this. here. Well, oh, thank
0: you. I, I appreciate you being here. Uh <laughs> we talked last time when we were recording about this episode, and we said we're going to talk about how you can share a burden that you're carrying. Um and I don't know a lot about this, so there's going to be a a lot of talking from you and not so much from me, but my expectation here is that people do a pretty good job of hiding what they're going through Mm -hmm. and that you think you're doing a good job of dealing with it, uh, but you're not if you're suppressing it. Um, And how do you recognize that there's too much going on in your life and find a way to I want to say offload it, but that seems wrong, right? Because you're putting it on someone else, maybe. But but mm-hmm. how do you how do you do that? How do you first, I guess, how do you recognize when there's more going on than maybe you should be dealing with?
1: Mm-hmm. So how do you become kind of aware that maybe you are car- Yeah, you're caring more than you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I would even I would take a step back and think about well, why. Is there something preventing you from sharing your burdens or your hardships? um, Whether it's something diabetes related or you know other stressors in your life, Um, maybe that's how. Maybe that was modeled to you as a child. Um, Maybe it's yeah, part of your family system, family culture is just you know keep it, keep it. We're going to keep it in the house. Don't talk about it with other people. Um, Maybe you are the recipient of other people sharing their burdens you've become known as a safe person and you don't feel comfortable reciprocating because that's what people do they come to you and not as it not as a therapist but just as a friend mm-hmm. so maybe that you know pattern has been established um mm-hmm. maybe you are erica is your blood
0: un- sugar getting high <laughs>
1: Um. Well, I am. Did you? go oh, it picked it up. Yeah, I heard it vibrate. It, it right is. On the desk. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um. I am. I am stable, but a little. I'm riding a little bit high. Gotcha. Um. But I'm. I think I'm good. Hopefully, we'll see if I go low. That would be exciting. <laughs> well, I've um, done that
0: once. It was. It it, it was not good for me. <laughs> it was very stressful. This lady, This I'm, I don't want to get off the track, but this old, old, older woman in her fifties <gasps> or so, and she was recording from a hotel room. And she got low, and it was it was anxiety inducing for me.
1: I think I actually listened to that did one. You? Yeah. Did she did eat, start eating sugar packets? I think. Please or some please what, don't, one. Yeah. Just please don't do that to me. Okay,
0: <laughs> I will. I will. I've, <laughs> I've done that once in my life. I'm good now. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, I'm
1: sorry. Uh no, it's okay. So okay, so why? I think yeah, asking why would be the first question maybe to and and you might have you might not know to ask why am i not sharing my burdens um but maybe some other symptoms to look for or behaviors or if you're kind of checking out when other people are sharing theirs oh, that's um okay so you're kind of like uh-huh 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 and then later you're kind of like, what did i what did they say because maybe you're so you're drowning in your own grief and your own stress um Maybe after a conversation with a family member or friend, you come home and you experience feelings of resentment or bitterness, like, oh, they're complaining about missing their flight home from Hawaii. I have to deal with this and this and this and this and this. Mm-hmm. But you aren't uh, communicating that. But so your feel your thoughts and feelings are resentful or bitter. Um maybe you uh don't know how and you are feeling trapped in your own mind and heart. And every time you open your mouth to try and share, you either just cry, which is your body's, it's your body's way of letting something out, Mm -hmm. or you're really angry and irritable all the time. Um, but, and you're, you're maybe putting your anger on your partner or your kids or your employer, your coworkers, um, so those would be, I think, two markers to look for if you aren't don't have the awareness that you aren't sharing your hardships. Maybe look for like that anger, the irritability, the kind of constantly crying, um, could be things to look for.
0: Do we dump things on people who we know or hope, I guess, in our heart won't tire of us? Did you ever notice like I don't know what I mean? Like like, like partners will be Different to each other than they would be in the outside world. I always feel like that's when you see that that's because you like in your heart you think, well, this person's not going to abandon me over this, so I can like do this thing. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, and I think in a in a safe and trusted, you know, in a in a relationship in which you can trust your partner and what you have established mm-hmm. in your relationship that you can, you know, unload your your burdens your emotions um that's what you know why often why people choose to be in a partnership to have that reciprocal conversation and that you aren't feeling alone right in in the world um and so i think part of that is also having if you were to think about can i share safely with my partner great do i feel like i have people outside of my home or relationship who i can share with um having that kind of social awareness is also important because you might want, you know, I think about some people who would say, well, this, my friend is going through so much right now. I just feel like I can't share, you know, my, my trauma Mm -hmm. or my kid's diagnosis story. Um, Or, you know, I don't feel safe sharing this information with this person because then they're going to give me a whole bunch of ways to fix it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. it's, It's interesting online. Sometimes people will say, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I don't, I don't, I don't need your judgment. I'm just trying to get it out. And so those people are looking for, for like, it's almost one way sharing, but it's the only thing they seem to have, if that makes sense.
1: Yes. And maybe in the initial stages of learning how to share or learning how to, or it's a new, it's a new, you know, trauma. Um, you just want to share. You don't want any problem solving or conflict resolution. Um, You just want to, and and I, and I applaud those people who can be clear and ask for what they need Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I'm going to share something. And I just am looking for validation or I'm looking for, to not feel alone in this. Um, And then they'll, they'll get what they need back is, are those things.
0: One of the big surprises of the podcast for me is that, it somehow offers that to people, even though it's not a two-way conversation. Like hearing, I, I and maybe you understand this better than I do. I mean, let's honest. Let's be honest. I hope you understand it better than I do. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but when you hear two people, me and another person, having a conversation about that person's life with diabetes, and you're a and you're a fly on the wall for that, somehow that gives people a lot of comfort, and that part of. I didn't first of all I probably heard me say it I didn't expect that to be the truth about the podcast mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. still uh takes me by surprise a little bit you know but that's yes. a real thing am I am I wrong
1: It's a totally real thing mm-hmm. because as a listener you're you can feel like oh that I'm not alone in that feeling or that experience um you like, you have that thought of oh that they experienced that too ugh I'm not crazy for thinking or feeling this way. And that minim- it minimizes that feeling of isolation, which is a key factor in leading to, you know, depress- depression. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you're almost in a three person conversation, like you're sitting around a campfire, except you're not actively involved in it, but you are in your mind going, that makes sense. Oh, I've had that fi- hat feeling. And then that makes you a part of the conversation one way or the other, whether it's virtually or if you're in person.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. No, I think that's a, that's a great point. Um, and so, and going back to the, you know, do I feel safe sharing with, with my partner or with friends? I think if you, if you don't feel safe, listen to that also. I mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to say go and share your burdens with everybody. Um, understanding that, that sense of safety, can that person give you what you need? Can you ask for what you need yeah. are all really key um, points.
0: I'm going to bring something up that I I witnessed online. I'm not going to give anybody's details and I'll be very vague about it, but it's so interesting how this all layers together. Uh, I saw a post in the private group where a person was trying to share with everybody that they thought would understand that um, how kind of defeated they felt that in their personal life, they had tried to organize a thing around diabetes Um amongst their family and their extended family. I think they shared it with like 30 people on Facebook and besides their parents, no one responded to it. And they were really like devastated by this. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading the post and I think I think to myself I mean I don't know like Erica, I I I pride myself on trying my best to sit in the center and see 360 around things. I think it, it's sort of my job on some level. Yes. And so I'm listening to what she's saying, and I'm like, I get it. Like, you reached out to 30 people and not one, even privately, like, get off of, like, but she never thought of, what if they didn't see it? What if it made them uncomfortable? What if they were just busy? Like, she didn't put any of the context to what might be happening on their side. Or maybe they just didn't want to. I don't know. Like, I have no idea. But she came online to say to people, can you believe this happened? And instead of, and some people were very supportive overwhelmingly people were supportive, but it's always a couple of people who have to step in and say what I just went through in my head out loud as if it's the only consideration in the story. Like, well, you shouldn't have put them in that position. It's such a small part of the conversation, right? Like maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe she shouldn't have, like, I don't know, but there's no good that comes from saying that to a stranger who's clearly here for you to just She just wants you to say, I have diabetes too. I know how much that sucks. And by the way, everybody knows it sucks. Mm -hmm. But interesting how some people feel like they have to step in and, and defend some other idea within the bigger idea. And it felt like you were almost going through them earlier. Like, you know, like, why would I not share something with someone else? Well, it might be because I feel like people are sharing too much with me. But you don't know that's why you're doing that in that moment. And as those people are coming back at her with what could have been constructive conversation if they would have communicated it better, mm-hmm. um, it felt it felt a little attacking. Uh-huh. And then, of course, as soon as that happened, then the original poster then just lashes back. And I'm like, here we go. <laughs> I mm-hmm. I, well, I've seen this story about a million times. And so I'm mm-hmm. watching them do it. It's interesting to be able to sit – I I feel like a little bit it might might give me a little insight into what your job is like because you can point. You can go, well, that person's doing it for this reason and that person's doing it for that reason and this person's responding like this because you can see that it makes them uncomfortable that she shared it outwards to people. It was fascinating how many different responses there were and they almost all were just mirroring how they felt back to her. Mm -hmm and she obviously didn't have any of those thoughts she was just trying she was just trying to get her family to recognize that it was hard to raise a kid with diabetes
1: uh-huh it
0: was really it you know
1: and she was coming to the the group to have to be validated yeah she wanted to commiserate
0: that. and mm-hmm. and, it, and it was listen 98% of the people commiserated with her but mm-hmm. the ones that didn't you could have sectioned them all off into another room and said, Hey, you ought to go see a therapist about why you answered this way. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're mad about something else.
1: Or, yeah, or maybe not respond online, you know.
0: <laughs> or, or take that into, account, into consideration <laughs> that your thoughts are not so important that you need to like torture this person more. But they don't think they are. They think they're showing her some truth that she's missing. Which, by the way, might not be her truth or the people who she was speaking to. It's it's just your. I mean, I, it's never lost on me that I make a podcast and that I'm like, listen. Sometimes people should keep their opinions to themselves while I'm <laughs> giving out every opinion. <laughs> but um,
1: anyway, it's just how it seemed to me. And, and no, it I yes. Interesting. Sorry. Go go ahead. I was going to respond. No, please do. I'm sorry. Okay. So I think the well, that's part part of the risk. I mean, there's a risk benefit, right, on sharing something like that online where you're coming to a trusted you know forum that maybe they've received comfort in the past um and so that's the benefit but the risk is you really don't know how it's going to land Mm -hmm. you know you are you are the sender of information and as how are the receivers of that information going to respond when you don't hear tone of voice really in a post um So it is, that's a risk that you're taking, sharing something really vulnerable in the group. But most of the time, you probably your needs are going to be met. But I also as the sender of information, you cannot control how it's going to land in the receiver's lap. And it's
0: odd to expect that you'll get 100% compliance from from the responses. Like, why not be, and listen, it took me a long time to figure this out. And I had to get I mean, the way I got to it was I got a very, very harsh review of my book. After I got five or six glowing reviews, like professional reviews, I I, I was like on cloud nine. I was like, everyone's just going <laughs> to love this book. And then like the sixth review basically was, it just, it, it it read to me like, I hate this guy. I hate what comes out of his mouth. I hate the kids he talked about, the wife, his life, everything. Like it, it just, they did not like me the way I told us nothing, right? And, oh and and it knocked me back. It was the first time. And my publisher said, if you're going to put yourself out into public, this is the game. Like, mm-hmm. you can't, like, did you like the book? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, do you agree with what was said here? And I said, no, but it hits every one of my insecurities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Every one of my insecurities. Like what, what he said, but especially about the writing specifically. Because I'm not, Eric, I mean, I don't think it's any great, like, I'm not a, Writer, you know what I mean? Like I, I barely got through high school. Uh, i if I'm good at one thing in in writing, I come off the way I come off in person. So it's it feels very like comfortable, right? But it's mm-hmm. not it's not correct. <laughs> I still when I got done, I wrote a book and I ran the whole manuscript through something to look for where I didn't put the commas. And so like, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Anyway, um, but I learned to I learned to say to myself, if this is the space I want to be in, then this is what's going to happen. And I have to be open to other people's ideas and hear them as like possibilities of constructive criticism, but I can't take every one of them on as if they are gospel every time they come to you Mm because that's crushing. mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. I do think that that inability to do that maybe is what sent our online society and the direction it went more recently in the last couple of years where no one's allowed to say anything that isn't perfect because what if you hurt someone's feelings and I don't think that's valuable either so but you have to be ready for it if you're going to put yourself out there if you're going to say I need somebody to validate me you have to be ready to look at one thing and go I, I don't agree with that and just never think about it again
1: uh, right And yeah. that like for you like what you shared it that might takes a little bit of processing and that's okay too weeks um <laughs> it was weeks it been, <laughs> <I> was <sorry. laughs> weeks yeah okay <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it helped me um, because now i'm I, i'm good with it now you know
1: mhm mhm and i think for some people who aren't comfortable sharing what's going on with others um there might be fear preventing them to do that right that they it might It might actually even feel like if I verbalize out loud how hard this feels right now, I'm, I'm thinking of obviously the caregivers with their new, their child who's newly diagnosed. Um, These are caregivers that I meet with and they feel like, how do I, if I share it out loud, that makes it feel real. There might be, um, it kind of there's might be fear that it's going to make it feel worse Mm -hmm. if you share it out loud to somebody or, a a pastor or a priest or a therapist or a friend, it doesn't really matter. But in any sense, if there's a fear of like, you're going to be like swallowed in grief. yeah. Um, like when explosion. in fact, actually by keeping it inside, that's where you, you drown.
0: Yeah. Right. It, 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 it collapses on you like a black hole instead of the explosion that you're expecting, you know, which doesn't really come. I mean, saying it out loud, I mean, there's a million different ways to say it, but there's a, I, I talked about it in an episode recently, but there's a great book I read about back pain. And that just says like, look, if you're not really hurt, if you have a pull, like, you know, if this is a tension thing, just saying my back is okay, I'm not hurt. It, it actually helps. You, you know, like mm-hmm. it, you go like, okay, like you believe it almost. And and to say this is really difficult. Do you think people expect that like the world's just going to end if they say it out loud?
1: I think that's part of the fear for sure. And, yeah. and I understand that if you are – Again, all the reasons that we talked about not comfortable, haven't been exposed, don't know how. Um, And the beautiful thing about sharing your, you know, your grief, your emotions, your hardships is that there isn't really a right way. Mm -hmm. Um, But as long as you are in a safe position to do it, I think for those people who are just testing that out. yeah. um,
0: So you got to sort of acknowledge how you feel, acknowledge what the reality is, and then make sort of intentional movements towards a resolution. Does that is that kind of how it works?
1: Um yes, I think that might be um after the sharing, right? So I think if you are able to say I think a beautiful way to do it is to also articulate to the person, you know, who you're sharing with is that this is new to me. All the things that you're fearing, this is new to me. I'm not really comfortable sharing this hard stuff that's going on in my life. So bear with me. I'm not sure I need anything back from you besides just, wow, it sounds like it's really hard. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes we feel like it's weird to ask for what we need in that emotional exchange. Yeah, But that's one of the most beautiful ways to get your needs met without like, I'm going to share this and hope that they just give me what I need. But then you kind of end the conversation feeling Misunderstood, not validated, and all yeah. those things.
0: I think two things you're making me think. First thing is that men. When you have diabetes and use insulin, low blood sugar can happen when you don't expect it. Gvoke Hypopen is a ready-to-use glucagon option that can treat very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with theochromocytoma or insulinoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com risk. I was able to replace my daily multivitamin with AG1 from Athletic Greens. Now, instead of taking that big pill, I take a nice drink of AG1. All I do is take the little tumbler that AG1 sent me. I put a scoop in with some water, shake, 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 drink it down, and uh, that's it. I'm all set. Here's the great thing about AG1. It's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're eating keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. And it actually tastes good. It supports better sleep quality. And for every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to the organizations helping to get nutritious foods to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry Here in the U.S. Athletic Greens was created when its founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. All you need to do is take one scoop of AG1 and you're on your way. AthleticGreens.com forward And to make this even more exciting, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to my link, AthleticGreens.com forward Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Thank you for supporting the show by supporting the sponsors. Don't forget, you can find Erica at ericaforsythe.com. She's not a sponsor, but I had a little bit of music left. Men are much more open to this than you would think they are. As long as it's privately a group of men, if one starts talking about something that's going wrong, you can see how almost excited most of them are that someone's saying something that they think. And and it's not normally how they communicate. Um, I've seen that for certain. But the other thing I wonder is, what if you just don't have someone? Like, what mm-hmm. if there's just a... like. There's no one. I see that happen sometimes. I I, I see people say, I confided in my sister-in-law, but I knew she was going to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, like this is because if, listen, everyone is struggling. Everyone, okay, Mm -hmm. on some different level. And the fear in this scenario was this person who wanted to talk about diabetes, if I share this with my sister-in-law, she's going to lord it over me. She's going to treat me like, oh, look, there's a person I'm doing better than to, hope to so mm-hmm. that she doesn't feel the pain of her struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't find somebody in your life, Because your parents are tough because your parents will start trying to fix it. Especially if you're an Mm. adult going back to your adult parents and you're Mm -hmm. like, I'm really struggling with your mom is going to be like, oh, my God, I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. My baby needs me. (laughs) Like, you know, now you're a 35-year-old woman. Somebody's baking you brownies. (laughs) and and, 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 and You're like, no, 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 I don't need this. So, like, where do you – like, is therapy the only way to find uh, there's got to be another way a stranger or sure. a bar, a bartender like not that i'm but you know what i mean like isn't that what a bartender is
1: well i think yeah, in yeah, old just movies at listen. least yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
0: right they're just listening because they want the tips but who cares That's you get out your thing you know so
1: no i think well the the beauty the kind of the magic of therapy is Yes, you can you can receive tools for stress management. You can use co you can utilize coping mechanisms, you can process trauma, but kind of the the magic of it is you're telling your story and someone is there to witness that. Okay. Someone is there witnessing, listening, validating your pain. And that's what we need as human beings is you know, someone to witness bear witness to our life and our story and our pain. Mm-hmm. So obviously that can happen. Hopefully it should happen at therapy. If if you feel like you can't afford it, don't want to try it. I would try. Um, there are a lot, there are a lot of free resources online. Um, there are a lower cost type mm-hmm. of therapy. There is, if you are a religious person seeking, you know, pastoral care within your church, um, that is usually free. Um, or seeking those types, your your pastors, your elders, those types of community members and asking for their referrals. Um, maybe seeking a friend who, if you, and if you, if you don't have those, and there are people who don't have those close knit friendships, um, maybe that would be when you want to go to therapy, but seeking support groups, you know, there are a lot of meetup groups, diabetes support groups, obviously the online forum is a place, but if you're wanting that in-person touch point, there are lot, lots of ways to do that that are, you know, low cost.
0: I'm going to make a couple of weird statements. Okay. Like, so can I go to a graveside and speak to a, a past loved one? Like, like, does that is that a healthy way to have that conversation when you don't have someone to have it with? Or is that, that a borderline, am I, about to, <laughs> am I about to describe like a time when you might want to go to a hospital and check in? <laughs> so,
1: like. I mean, I, I would say, you know, on occasion, particularly if you're grieving your loved one and you're wanting to just share and reflect, I think speaking out loud is powerful. Even if there isn't an actual human being there, people feel that connection. That's why we do have grave sites. That's why people go. I would say if you were doing that every day um yeah I that yeah, might be yeah, right. an indicator
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> i meant like once or twice i've yeah. heard people say um i've heard a number of people say they talk to themselves in their car mm-hmm. almost like therapy when i was a child really young i remember being um it it struck me one day like what would i do if my parents died and i couldn't figure out what i would do and so i i kind of role played it in my head like i i It was a one-time thing, but I can picture it as as clear as day. I gave them some sort of a, you know, I don't know, it was a car accident or something like that. I then thought, okay, they're gone. How would I feel? Then I worked through how I would feel. Then I wondered where I would go. And then I did that. And then I never did it again. And I never worried about them dying again after that. It was very interesting. Um, I don't know if that's wrong. Also, the last thing that I made a note by, I know I'm not saying you should do this, but I have heard more than a number of prostitutes in, like, documentaries and interviews say that you'd be surprised how many people pay them and then don't ask for sex. Mm, And then mm -hmm. they just want to talk or or hang out or stuff like that. Um, Anyway, that's what came to mind when you were talking about that. But, I mean, probably a pastor would probably be a quicker (laughs) easier way and cheaper. I mean, unless they hit you up for 20%, then I don't know.
1: (laughs) Well, no, I think, well, your, your second example of, you know, role-playing, I think that, yeah, that's also a reflection of your ability to kind of go through the, the cognitive behavioral structure. Like you, you thought about how you would feel, you thought about what you would do. And then once you go through the cycle, it changed how you felt and mm-hmm. so you, that stress and fear was kind of relieved. So you were able, that is very unique and special, but you were able to kind of walk yourself through that.
0: I remember. Um, I remember mm-hmm. the time I was with my brother-in-law, and it was like a family thing. I don't know what we were talking about. And I said something about, you know, if the house catches on fire, I know which window I'm going to jump out of. And he goes, what? And I said, you don't know? What you're gonna do in a dire situation if there's a fire? And he goes, "No." I said, "What about in this situation?" And I started r- like rattling off like big ideas, and I was like, "What if you lost your job? What are you gonna do? What if this happens? What if that happens?" He goes, "I don't know." And I was like, "Dude, I've thought through all of that. Like, mm-hmm. you're not pre planning for things that are probably gonna happen. <laughs> I mean, the the house fire one's not a probably, mm-hmm. but like the other stuff was right." Right, right. You know, and I felt, mm-hmm. I felt crazy in the moment because he looked at me like, What are you talking about? I was like, I don't know, man. Like, I've role played through all this. I know uh, I'm not leaving it up to chance if something like this goes on. And I said, mm-hmm. You don't know what you would do if your car went into a lake. <laughs> and then he's like, What? And I'm like, I do. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> well, and that, that could be, yeah, you are a planner. That could be a little bit of, you know, anxiety-driven motivation to figure out what to do when,
0: if when. Well, I don't know if it's anxiety, Erica. I have a plan of what I'm going to do if I find a genie in a bottle.
1: Okay, well, that's... (laughs)
0: Because I'm 100% (laughs) sure I'll mess it. Listen, I've said this on the podcast before. I knew if I didn't have a plan, I'd end up with a billion dollars and a giant penis. And so I did. (laughs) I I was like, I need a plan if this happens. So it's obvious, right? First, First... (laughs) <laughs> the first one is, I don't die before I finish making my wishes. Because <laughs> I know oh. I'll drop dead before I get them all out, right? So, Oh
1: my gosh. Uh,
0: then the second one, of course, is Unlimited Wishes. Or uh, the second uh-huh. one is no matter what, my third wish comes true. And then the third wish is unlimited wishes. Then I start taking care of people's health and welfare after that. Like, is that not obvious?
1: <laughs> I know. I love that. That, yeah, that is your that is your mindset. You were for sure a planner. And you and you take care of people. That's also, yeah. Well,
0: that's a, right. Yeah. Do you not like when, is that not what everybody thinks when they think if I win the lottery, I'll help other, like I'll set other better up. That's the only thing I think of. I don't even know what I would do with all that money.
1: Well, that's, I don't know if everyone, I have not asked that question to enough people to know, but I imagine that's might not be on the top five. Maybe they have your, your outlook. Uh, I'd like to
0: put everybody's, make sure everybody's okay. And health always comes first in my head. Like I always think like I'll get them a private doctor so they can Mm -hmm. go through all their concerns. Like that is one Mm -hmm. of the first things I think, but seriously, I'm not joking. I'm not trying to be funny. I know if I didn't have this thought through, I'd have three of the stupidest things in the world. If I found a genie (laughs) bottle.
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. I love
0: it. Um all right, so, uh, so, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I, we, I wanted to I wanted to go yeah, back to go.
1: um your the third point of you know paying um you know paying a prostitute, I think that goes, you know, there are human um human nature as you don't there are there, yes, there are there are introverts, there are extroverts, but I think at our core we don't want to be alone all the time. Yeah. And so that reflects to me just that deep human need to be seen heard validated loved hopefully you know and and not feel that um that emptiness
0: so those burdens drive you farther and farther away from those connections if you don't strive to keep them is that right
1: yes i mean i think it ultimately can i would i would look at you know if you if you feel like no one needs to hear these burdens, um, I'm not worthy or mine aren't big enough or bad enough. That's a really common, you know, lie that maybe you tell yourself of like, well, it's not, I don't have it that bad. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I would look at how, how are, how is that mindset impacting your relationships with friends, family? Like we just talked about, is it, are people? Are you feeling isolated from them? Are you not having those connections, conversations? If you're just holding everything inside, yeah, because of all the reasons—the fear, the not knowing how—mine, mine aren't my problems aren't bad enough or big enough. Mm-hmm. Um, it can impact your connections.
0: Yeah, you know, there's a sentence that gets spoken a lot um, that I think it's meant to be insulting a little bit, but I see it in both directions. So it's the 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 worst thing that's ever happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Um, And so on the kind of bad side of that, the idea is is that if you lived a pretty good life, the tiniest thing you could be out complaining about. And most people might look back at you and be like, oh my God, like that's the worst thing that's Mm -hmm. ever happened to you. But still, the rest of that point is that's still the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And it strikes you just as bad as the worst thing that's ever happened to me, even if my thing includes fire and brimstone and a car hanging off a cliff, and yours is that you know you couldn't pay your rent on time, like like you know what I mean, like and so there's no way to like. I I think that when you're talking about burdens and and offloading them so you can be healthy and be happy and live, judging your burdens is not valuable. Like it doesn't matter what they are. They're the, they're the worst. They're the worst thing that's happening to you right now and and that can be overwhelming.
1: Yes, judging your burdens and judging somebody else's. You know, I think we do as humans, we kind of categorize burdens or problems or hardships. And yes, there are some that are really extreme, but as you said it doesn't really matter because if it's you lived this carefree easy life and then something hard happens, you have never experienced something hard. So of course it's going to be traumatizing and painful. Yeah, And yeah. so, but that person might not share it because you have that mindset of like, Oh, but at least I'm not, you know, on the streets mm-hmm. or living with a chronic illness or you know, whatever right. that you're comparing it to. But that doesn't really matter because it is painful and yeah. challenging.
0: How, c- why then if, if that is the wrong way to deal with that, it isn't, it's hard to argue with though that when you see somebody who is clearly worse off than you, it does make you feel better. I mean, that's just true, right? Like you
1: I think it is true. And we can internalize that and say, well, you know what? I'm so grateful for what I have. You can you can live in that space of gratitude, of contentment, but that doesn't mean that takes away from the pain or struggles that you have right you can't it's not like you can't it's not like one or the other you You can hold
0: both you can't let that gratitude trick you into staying in that room um when you, you you shouldn't be there like yeah yes yes that person has literally no legs but it doesn't make the thing you're struggling with reasonable to stay struggling with it you still should try to get away from it
1: Yes. And, and, and find, seek help, support all of the things. Um, yeah, I think that's, we, we often live in this either or mindset Yeah. and it, okay, well, I, I just gotta be glad. I just gotta be grateful. I gotta be grateful. I gotta be content. Um, but don't, but yeah, but also allow yourself the space to feel like, gosh, this is really, I'm really struggling. I feel really sad, angry, frustrated about this other thing too. How,
0: how do you, excuse me? <clears throat> Sorry how do you let's put my our, ourselves in a we're in a relationship and i have diabetes and my spouse doesn't or my kid does and neither of us do or something and
1: mm-hmm. i
0: want to go to the other person the other person in my life and say this is how i feel but they might not be ready to say how they feel out loud is there a primer is there a way i can get them to that space so that it doesn't get met with either they shut off or they push back cuz they don't want to say it out loud Um, I mean, that, that seems like an important consideration here.
1: Absolutely. Um, so you're in a, you're in your relationship and your partner, maybe you're struggling with something and you want to have that reciprocal exchange with your partner. Mm -hmm. And so you come and share your, your stuff. And I think if you're finding again, over like patterns, I think you want to maybe, first set up, is it an appropriate time to have this conversation? Have you um, planned, say, hey, can we talk? I'm really struggling with this. Can we talk on Wednesday night after the kids go down? Um, Because oftentimes, if this isn't something that you do on a daily basis with your partner, they might not be prepared to receive that. So having a set time, um, being clear with what your goals are. If you're finding overt, Many many times that your partner is either cut off or defensive or unable to receive what you're sharing, or wants to kind of one up you, then I would maybe encourage them to go, you know, to either seek communication, couples therapy, um, because then that that's going to interfere with the intimacy ultimately, right, with, between you and your partner. Yeah,
0: in general, therapy really at its core is is a is a third party who just doesn't care about the details, right? And can listen and then kind of get you moving in the right direction. I, people, you don't give people answers. That's not your job, right? Your your job Correct. is to show them what's happening and let them absorb it and, and, I guess, eventually become okay with it. Is that right?
1: Yes. I mean, I think, too, we, I would want to hear, you know, what, what is your goal in therapy? Cause oftentimes people are really clear with what they need or want. Is it processing their trauma? Is it, I want to learn how to meet people. I want to fix this problem in my relationship. Um, so once we're clear on where are we trying to go, then it's about reflecting what do I see? Understanding the patterns, um, poking around sometimes if I feel like there are some hidden traumas or things that might be interfering with your current relationships and how you're communicating um and get and move helping the client move along to to get to their goal yeah. um but not by saying i think you should do this i think you should do that right you're really bad with this you know <laughs> in this area that's not yeah what being I af- do.
0: Fr- and being afraid to go to therapy is odd because really if you are then you're you're just afraid to be a to hear your own thoughts eventually, because that's really all that's going to come. I think people have a misunderstanding that you're going to get in there and you're going to explain to them what happened. And, you know, it just, it doesn't seem to me that that's the way it works. And I wanted to make sure people understood that. Um, Right.
1: Uh, Yeah. I think there might be a fear of, you know, what does, what does therapy mean? Is it, is it sometimes being honest with yourself? And that can be really scary and Mm. really hard. I also think
0: it's probably, and this is just me from my anecdotal, you know, experiences, but what you think is wrong, whatever wrong means, quote unquote, you're often not right about that. Like very, very infrequently, do you understand at your core what's happening and just can't get away from it? Um, And I I go back to that example of, you know, the person sharing the story and how people came from all different directions. Mm -hmm. No one saw themselves as an aggressor in it. Like if you if I if I stop and I say hey you know you're being a little harsh they're like no I'm not this is just this is obviously what's going on I'm like well this is your this is your reaction to what you just saw it's not obviously what's going on you don't know any of these people <laughs>
1: okay. right right or or where they're sitting what chair what room what nothing. how was their day yeah. you know all of those things you know yeah, nothing it is.
0: Uh, at all and um, but here here's a little bonus because eventually we'll talk about interactions online but. Uh, as the moderator of a very big Facebook page, I also think that there's sometimes certain times of night where people are a little drunky drunk and online. <laughs> and, <laughs>
1: oh, uh, yes, and yeah. maybe they're um, a little just more apt or free to share. Yeah, <laughs> there aren't my, the filters are not. There's no present. filter at all, and they're either, <laughs> they're
0: either sharing openly or they're picking. It's it's very very much uh of interest okay so i'm sorry so Uh i figured out why i'm carrying the burden i figure out that how to get it off of me Mm -hmm. and i i go through all this process I Mm -hmm. figure out who i can talk to what's the what's my expectation for when i feel better like Mm -hmm. is it is it right away is it once i give it I hate to say this because I feel I feel very granola saying this, but when you give something a voice, oftentimes it dissipates, and I've just found that to be true. Uh, but I feel mm-hmm. like I'm a yoga instructor in Southern California when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is now time where Erica tells me she used to do yoga instruction.
1: <laughs> right, 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 back when I was a yoga instructor. <laughs> uh,
0: but but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I do. I do. Honestly, I've found that to be true. Just saying something out loud is very valuable. Um, but anyway, what's the like? What's the process? And is it possible that I'm so far into it I can't do it on my own, or and then I need to find somebody else?
1: Okay. So what's so the the goal? What, when do you start to feel good? And if you're in so far deep, I think the, a good starting place is to journal.
0: Mm. If you
1: or you know, I like the talking out loud, and you're in the car. Because again, it's like the the voices in our mind can be, the volume can be turned on so high that you can't function. And so by letting it out, I mean, it's, you know, classic, go journal, go get it out of your mind and onto the page. That does help. You are unloading it onto the paper or out into the world. Um, by having someone else there present, not only, hopefully, will you receive that validation, the decrease um, feelings of isolation, but then if you're needing to, if you're needing help with some of those burdens, hopefully you can get to a place of, um, you know, stress management, problem solving, having some tools to utilize when you're starting to feel triggered or overwhelmed or stressed or sad, um, helping you find other resources to support yourself, be it. Independently, with community, um, and maybe if it is past or current, you know, active trauma, helping you find ways to navigate through that, um, changing your thinking, processing the pain that you are feeling. Sometimes it's dealing with the psychosomatic symptoms. It really just depends on you know what what is the presenting issue. But ultimately, yes, you want to be able to function. But that the burdens will continue. But then you'll have the skill set to manage it.
0: Can I offload these burdens in nonverbal ways? Uh, Exercise, boxing, running, like like that kind of stuff? Can I go
1: to an axe throwing place and let it out that way? I mean, is there value to that? I, yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. Thank you. Yes. I think exercise is a great way to, to, for stress management. Um, If I think the caveat to that is if you're finding that you're if that's the only thing you're using and you're still seeing these other issues arise, like the irritability, the sadness, then maybe it's not quite enough, but you're it's just, helping. You're
0: just letting a little of the steam off every time you do it instead of just expressing it all.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think that's a good first step. If you're kind of, if you're in the space of, I can't afford it. I don't have time. I don't want to trying these, you know, the journaling, the talking out loud, the exercise, um, are all really great first steps for sure.
0: Yeah. I just to hear people talk about that when they're in a good exercise routine that their mental health feels better. And you never I mean, because some things are just I mean, life's never going to be easy. Like it's never going to be without resistance, right? Like so there's always even if you're not struggling with big things, you're still struggling with small things that you that you don't recognize in the moment, likely.
1: Um, yes, yes. And the exercise obviously has so many great, um, you know, current and then post side effects with all the mm-hmm. endorphins and all that. yeah
0: release. So just some sort of a release. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my my last question before i before I say something that I hope is funny that I let you go. Um, <laughs> uh, is we talk we talk, you know a lot from the perspective of a parent a child who has type one and all that stuff that comes on. But this stuff is all just as relevant for an adult who's diagnosed. You know, I mean, and, but that, but, but it's different because your burden as a caregiver and your burden as the person are just, I mean, I've just spoken to so many people. Like it's just, it's a completely different reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, People are generally speaking better at taking care of other people than they are taking care of themselves. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I guess though, if you're the parent and there's a burden on you, then this really is about taking care of yourself. So both people fall into that conundrum of either I'm not good at taking care of myself or I'm going to put my effort into taking care of my kid. And so everybody ends up ignoring themselves, I guess. I don't know. I, yes, don't, have, yes. I don't have a no, question that, there. Sorry.
1: No, that yeah. I think that I think so. The Yeah. Being diagnosed as an adult, being a caregiver and your child is diagnosed. Um, I think the adult, there's a lot of layers to being diagnosed as adults. The, I think the caregiver piece, I have found that people do throw their entire mind, life thoughts. You know, they let lock of sleep that they are just trying to protect their child. And I understand that wanting to give your child a healthy life. Um, But I think having that awareness of, is it overtaking your life to the point that you have no friendships, your, your, your relationship is suffering, your, you cannot function, you're crying, you're irritable. Um, then maybe that burden has become so overwhelming that you have forgotten about yourself. And that happens as caregivers Mm -hmm. because you are so (laughs) loving and obviously empathic and compassionate towards your child. And so having that wherewithal to say, you know what I need to, I need to pause and find ways to take care of myself is really important. And I know we've, we've talked a bit about that before. Yeah.
0: I think that you can make the mistake of seeing your child's health or your own health as the win and then you can ignore all the other things that got, you know, that got pushed to the side to get to that win. And you, I think, I think in general, as time passes, we're all slowly dying, right? But and we also all slowly give something away to take the next step every once in a while. Sometimes you have to, like, sometimes you say, "I'm not going to be around as much because I'm going to succeed at this job," or "I don't care about a job, so we're going to make less money, but I'm going to be around more." Everybody gives something away to get to where they want to go. But yeah. I, I think just from my personal experience, if you think you're going to have diabetes or raise somebody with diabetes and just a great A1C and low variability um, is your mark, you know, your, your, your Mendoza line for you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. think that just because you're doing a great job with that, that the other things aren't suffering. You're probably not right about that. Like there are probably other things suffering.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you and you probably know that. But I, I also want to just speak, you know, a moment of encouragement that it's never too late to to change that. Well, of course. It's just because you're all in, you can you can make steps no matter, you know, what age and stage you're in to take to take care of yourself and find those small or big ways to do so.
0: Yeah. I, I and I'll share too that if every anybody thinks that just because my daughter's A1C has been so stable for so long that I don't have these problems. I worry all the time that I don't know if we haven't, and she seems okay, but I worry about the things that I forgot to address, Mm -hmm. and you know, and I'm always wondering if it's gonna like come for her when she's in her late twenties or you know after college or like it's Mm -hmm. uh, is there gonna be a point where she goes this is enough, it's too much, like I'm Mm -hmm. trying to. I'm trying to walk that line and I know Mm -hmm. you're a little low on time, but like I tried last night, last night, she did a CGM change. And then I thought the CGM wasn't quite, well, I wasn't sure how accurate it was in the first couple hours and she starts eating and bolusing off of it and then gets a little higher. And I said, I need you to test here. Like, I don't want, we, we shouldn't be given insulin if this number's not right. Like let's test. And I know she was doing homework because I spoke to her earlier in the day and she ignored me. And I, I, I did the thing in my head where I was like, okay, this is going to end up being a teaching moment. She is going to get low later. And sure enough, it took till five o'clock in the morning, but she started to have a low blood sugar and I knew it was coming. So I was awake, uh, not awake, but I was listening for my alarm in my sleep, which is a thing probably only people with diabetes understand, But, (laughs) um, but I, um, I popped up, got her on, got it straight kept moving and at another time in the future when she's not doing her homework, I'm going to bring this up and I'm going to say, look, if you just would have tested your blood sugar for 30 seconds, we would have avoided all of this. And I'm going to try to use it as a teaching moment. And I also tried to use it as a time where I didn't, I didn't let, I didn't let diabetes turn into the reason why she couldn't do her homework. Mm-hmm. And because she was sitting down and, I don't know. Like there's a balance in there somewhere, but you have to you have to stay conscious of it and keep and keep going back and forth with it. You can't just slide one way or the other. But anyway, um let me say this. I appreciate you doing this very much with me. I think you and I are finding a a, a really nice rhythm. Um and I hope Thank you. Me too. Oh, oh, it's it's lovely. I appreciate you being here. And I hope everyone heard earlier when I talked about letting stress off as steam. And then I said, express it so that I could have a double entendre because you could express yourself and express this theme. I was so proud of myself.
1: Oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. I missed that and did not give you due credit. No, no, no,
0: no, no. I wasn't looking. <laughs> I, I got it done. Good. I, I don't know. And I was just, when it was over, I was like, oh, I felt so good about that. <laughs> Listen, I don't. I'm not good at a lot of stuff. Being able to hold a conversation and at the same time think about the words you're going to use to like make a uh, not even a, a pun joke, a pun I, I, I was pretty proud of myself
1: <laughs> no that is good you shall you shelved it you held it you used it that was <laughs> uh,
0: that's <laughs> you hilarious. Have so many skills no please that's ridiculous <laughs> if it wasn't for iphones and cheap microphones uh this skill would be completely useless <laughs> so uh, thank you so much I, I i'll talk to you again soon A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, GVOKE GLUCAGON. Find out more about GVOKE Hypopen at GVOKEGLUCAGON.com forward slash juicebox. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N com forward slash juicebox. I'm also going to thank Athletic Greens for their sponsorship. And remind you to get some AG1 at athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Don't forget free vitamin D five free travel packs with your first order. Athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you are enjoying yourself while you're listening to the show. If you are, Uh, share it with somebody else. Tell them how to download it or where to get it on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you're listening. I really appreciate that. That's how the show grows, through word of mouth. And of course, if you're looking for community, find that private Juicebox Podcast page on Facebook. Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. You'll know you have the right place if it asks you just a couple of questions, because we need to make sure you're a real person and not a bot or something, you know? Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. Uh, lastly, there's a ton of episodes with Erica. If you're looking for them, once you get into that Facebook group in the feature tab, there's a list or that list is also available at the top of juiceboxpodcast.com in the menu system. Erica is uh, terrific and I've been talking to her for a while. So there's a nice little catalog of episodes with her.